him to all the other figures in our history, Jesus stands out as different from all the rest. <clears throat> Think about how we talk about Jesus. We say things like, he came into the world to save sinners. Like he pre-existed somewhere else before coming to earth. We don't say that about Alexander Hamilton, for example. Alexander Hamilton seems like a big deal to us. We put his face on our money, and he's inspired at least one Broadway musical. But we don't say Alexander Hamilton came into the world to help found the United States of America. Jesus is unique in that way. Now, maybe you're one of those people who doesn't really believe that Jesus did come into the world from somewhere else. Maybe you believe that he was just an ordinary man like everybody else. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, come on, it's 2019. Do people still believe this stuff? And to you, I would say, yes, it's 2019. Why is it 2019? Well, approximately 2,019 years ago, Jesus was born. And at some point in our history, we collectively decided to categorize all of human history into two categories. Everything that happened before Jesus was born and everything that has happened since. We didn't do that with anyone else. We don't categorize time between before Aristotle and after Aristotle. There's something unique about Jesus. Even the name Jesus carries with it some power some weight. Have you ever brought up Jesus when you were just talking casually with your coworkers or at a cocktail party? Suddenly you start talking about Jesus. It changes the atmosphere a little bit, doesn't it? Even people who don't believe in Jesus will often exclaim his name. For example, when they stub their toe, they say, Jesus Christ. People don't stub their toe and say, oh, the Buddha. <laughs> There's something about the name of Jesus. Consider this, tonight and tomorrow, more than 2.3 billion people around the world will celebrate the birthday of this one man, Jesus. 2.3 billion people. Now, I turned 40 a couple years ago and only 11 people came to my birthday party. <laughs> this is quite a lot of influence for one man and it's pretty remarkable if you think about it because Jesus didn't do any of the things that normally cause people to have a lot of influence. He never held political office. He never had a massive army behind him like Alexander the Great, for example. He never even wrote a book or a play or a poem like Shakespeare, for example. In fact, more books have been written about Jesus than about any other figure in human history. There is something special. There is something unique. There is something different about Jesus. What is it? I've been thinking about that a lot in the recent days and weeks leading up to tonight. I knew that we would all be here together celebrating the birth of Jesus and it began dawning on me just what a significant event this is. And I began wondering what is so special and unique about Jesus and this one phrase leaped off the page as I was reading through the scriptures that we would have read tonight. 
And Pastor Heather read John chapter 1 just a couple of minutes ago, and this one phrase just really stood out to me that answers the question, what is so unique about Jesus? She read this phrase from John chapter 1. She said that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. It's a rare combination if you think about it. I know a lot of people who are full of grace. They're very gracious. They're kind to people who don't deserve it. That's basically what grace is when you're kind or loving to somebody who doesn't deserve it from you. I know a lot of people who are gracious. They go around offering compassion and love to people who don't deserve it. But typically, those people aren't usually the truth tellers. You know, the ones that go around saying, here's what you ought to believe. I know a lot more of that kind of person. People who are full of truth. And those people don't tend to be, generally, very gracious and compassionate. But it says that Jesus was full of both grace and truth. He lived this every day. For example, there was one time in his life when he was teaching and this group of men came and approached him. And these men probably considered themselves truth tellers because they had with them a woman that they had dragged before Jesus. And they said to Jesus, we caught her sinning, Jesus. We caught her in adultery. And the law says we should publicly shame her. We should stone her. What do you think, Jesus? And Jesus, full of grace and truth, began by speaking some truth to the men. He said to them, okay, you who has no sin, throw the first stone. And they all walked away one by one. And then Jesus, full of grace, approached the woman. And he said, is anyone left to condemn you? She said, no. And he said, neither do I condemn you. He showed her grace, but then he showed her some truth. He actually spoke some truth right into her life. After he showed her this tremendous grace, he looked at her and he said, now go and sin no more. He didn't just offer her grace. He also knew that she had been sinning. It's true. And he said, Effectively, that's not good for you. Stop doing that. Jesus, full of both grace and truth. There was another time where Jesus was full of grace and truth. He saw this group of people, thousands of people, and he knew that they were poor. They were hungry. He knew that they needed their basic needs met. So he supplied for them a free meal. He gave them bread and he gave them fish, full of grace. He gave them a free meal. And then he went away, he went to another town, and the next day, some of the people who had been fed by him, well, they tracked him down. It seems they were hungry again. And they were looking for some more bread, and they were looking right at him. And this time, he didn't just give them grace, he gave them truth. He said, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, he said to them, stop working for bread, which spoils here on earth. If you have me in your life, if you have... If you understood who I am, you would know that I am the bread of life. And I will satisfy the deepest longings of your soul. You will never hunger or thirst again if you have me. You see, Jesus was full of both grace and truth. But ultimately, this powerful combination of grace and truth would culminate fully on the cross. 
Jesus died on the cross full of grace. Remember, grace is giving somebody something they don't deserve. Jesus was giving the whole world grace. It was the most gracious act ever in human history. Jesus looked down from heaven at the whole world. He looked at all of us in all of our sin, all the ways that we hurt each other, we wound each other, we turn our backs on one another, we lie to each other, we lie to ourselves, we turn our backs on God, we figure out all kinds of creative ways to hurt one another. And he knew that the consequences of all of our sin would be the punishment of death. But in his love, in his grace, he looked at all of us and he said, I don't want them to have to receive the punishment they deserve. So I will take it for them. That's why Jesus went to the cross. So that you and I wouldn't have to get the punishment that our sins deserve. That is the most gracious thing that's ever happened in human history. When he died on the cross, he was full of grace. He was also full of truth. Because a few days before he died on the cross, he said something to his disciples that was full of truth. He said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's truth. He was speaking truth about his grace. That what would happen to him on the cross would be the pathway to everlasting life with the Father. Jesus, full of grace and truth. Now, I don't know about you, but I can say, that I desperately need the grace and the truth of Jesus. I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. I need his unearned favor and blessing in my life because I have sin. I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. I also need his truth because sometimes I begin believing the lies of this world. I begin believing the lies that I even tell myself, lies about who I am. So I need his truth to speak to my inner places. I need the grace and truth of Jesus, which is why I count myself as a follower of Christ. Because I need his grace and his truth. When I realize that, when I remind myself of that, It's like a a light switch has gone on. It's like a light bulb has illuminated over my heart. It's like light shining into the darkness. And I know because I've talked with so many of you that the same thing happens in your life when you simply recognize that you need the grace and you need the truth of Jesus Christ, that your situation changes when the light of his love shines upon you in that moment, when the light of the gospel illuminates your heart and your mind. This past Sunday, I walked into this room about an hour before the worship service began. I came in here to walk through the pews and pray for the congregation as I do every week. When I walked in, I noticed there was a woman sitting right up here in the third or fourth pew. And I know her well. She's in one of those life situations that's really hard. She's got a lot coming against her. She's got a lot of pain. She's got a lot of waiting. She's got a lot of turmoil. And here she sat. She came early to just have some quiet time. And I wish she could have seen it. 
the sunshine, the morning sunshine on that crisp, cool day was beaming in through these windows right here, so brightly illuminating her. It was like walking into an old barn, you know, where the whole room is dark, but the light beam is shining through an open window in the top of it. And I walked in, and I saw her there just basking in that beam of sunshine. And I approached her, and I was thinking I was going to have to go minister to her to go bless her with some comfort, because I know all that she's going through. And I approached her, and I got close to her, and I realized she had such joy radiating from her. She was the picture of peace. And of course she was, because there she sat basking in the light of God's love. She was reading God's words, surely, about the grace and the truth of Jesus Christ, the grace and the truth that she so desperately needs at this moment in her life. And what I want you all to know tonight is that that same love that same grace, that same truth is available to you. Maybe you were dragged here by your mom or your aunt or somebody in your family and didn't really want to come. For you especially, I just want you to consider what is different about Jesus. Could he come into your life and light up that light bulb? Could he be the light that shines in the darkness? Do you need grace? Do you need truth? He's available to all of us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you came in the form of a baby and you grew and you were full of grace and truth. And we thank you that by the presence of your Holy Spirit in this room, you, Lord Jesus, can offer the very same thing now that you offered to those people back then. Just like you did to that woman I saw on Sunday morning. I pray that you would shine your love, your grace, your truth right into the hearts of everyone in this room tonight. Open up our hearts to receive it. As we light candles in just a couple of minutes, as we look at that flickering flame before us, will you shine brightly into our lives? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.